Welcome to Web of Resonance. I'm here with uh, my friend Ken. And I'm here with my friend Teresa. And we're going to talk today about the card and the rune we picked for our third episode. I'm very excited about this week. I finally got a card that uh, feels a little bit, has a little bit more uh, forward momentum instead of the chaos we've been talking about. Oh, I'm glad at least you got one. <laughs> so you're still in the whirlwind of the chaotic dispersal, huh? Uh, uh, absolutely. Um, it's really interesting that you said that, be uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but yes. <laughs> okay. Well, tell us which pulled. So this week I pulled the rune AR, which is spelled like ear, E-A-R. Um, <laughs> it... It's the rune of the grave um, and uh, kind of all that that can imply. And it really, for me, is a rune of transitions. Yeah. Um, there are several, you know, like a quarth is a, a rune of transition, but it's a rune of, uh, I call it flash transformation because uh, it's fire. So you light something on fire, it ignites, takes off, is burned up just like that and you're left with ash and bone and you know ar's ar's the rune of the grave so it's about uh the deconstruction and it's usually uh, a long-term rune that teaches you patience. does it have um any connotation or do you feel it that uh with any kind of resonance for Samhain you know that's Excuse me, that's really interesting that you said that because I know last week we referenced, um, or I referenced, putting the runes into the wheel of the year. And that was where I put it, um, was at Samhain, yeah. Interesting. Uh, the, the reason why I asked that is uh, the card that I pulled today was, um, or last week rather, was the Page of Pentacles. And um, this card is all about new beginnings, but new beginnings that have physical form. So when I think about my creative process, I really do kind of create in the same kind of pattern that the wheel of the year goes. I think of it uh, kind of like I'll get an idea, which is kind of the element of air, um, and then I'll get lots of ideas actually. And then how I choose which one that I really want to focus on is what stirs me in my belly. Um, and for me, that's passion, that's desire. So that's the element of fire. And then of those things that I feel some kind of passion about, um, can that like energetically how it moves as it goes from like my forehead and envisioning something down to my belly that gives it the fuel to start to gather momentum. And then those that have enough momentum, I actually start to really love and feel their energy and feel it almost like there's something just out of reach. And when something is going to actually manifest it's that love that i give that projects out of my heart and in that and that's the last step that's when it'll take physical form so this card is actually that place where something is being projected and starting to have physical form 
it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's where the rubber meets the road. If you've ever driven like a stick shift, and you yeah. put it in neutral and you're gunning it and then you shift it into gear and you take off. It's that point where the traction actually propels you forward from all the momentum that you've gathered. Yes. So as you were talking, I was thinking for me, Samhain is both womb and tomb. So I feel a definite shift in winter energy from Samhain is often the place where things are harvested and they go to die and be regenerated. But there is a shift that I feel right around Yule usually where the tomb actually, instead of holding the energy of death and decomposing it, it starts to be the fertile ground in which I plant seeds. Yeah, that makes that makes sense completely. Yeah. So I don't want to project that onto your rune, but I was just kind of wondering, do you see kind of both sides of that in that rune, or is that rune particular to the death phase? Well... No, I think I think it's exactly what you're talking about because if not to be a broken record, but you know, uh, we die, we get put in the ground, we start to decompose. Those pieces of us go out into the soil, and then start to feed the new plants or animals that are that are living in that system. So, I absolutely think that um, it has both of those. Uh, both of those held in it also usually usually when ar shows up in a reading um well let me i'll, I'll tell you a couple things that i've experienced so these are all things i run through in my head when i pull the rune they're my experiences with it so um i have had it indicate not an upcoming death but i have had it indicate uh, a, a death in the past or um even uh it was a, actually a miscarriage in the one instance. The um, AR has represented the Reaper in that aspect. And in that aspect, if you call upon it uh, or if it shows up, something needs to go away. So it's a signal that something needs to uh, shift. I've also experienced it um, being a rune where I've had a, a client sitting with me where I, I've told them you you've buried something instead of setting it on fire <laughs> because you really don't need to be um, allowing it to decompose in such a long period of time. Um, it can just be set on fire and, and you can be done with it immediately. So um, those are some things that, that kind of go through Um I do kind of going back to the what you had said, the one I finally settled on this week was uh, that felt appropriate and it, it feels right is the concept for AR that there has to be some things that are let go of and that has to happen to be moved forward. Um, I had a boss once who told me, well, not me personally, but he used to say to us, someone would complain and say, well, I'm sorry that fell off my plate if they didn't get something done. And he would say, well, you need to get a bigger plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 
that doesn't it doesn't work like that so um energetically there are there is shit that i've got to work through um or deconstruct that needs to be dealt with so that i can i can then move on and and kind of how i came to that was over the last few days especially uh i've had dreams of they were real events in my past and these were god maybe sometimes 30 years ago um and they were events that shifted and changed me and how i either um well how i interact with people uh on a trust level also on a um energetic give and take level and so with those and i don't normally remember my dreams that's why for me this is uh they stood out yeah they absolutely stood out because i i'm still thinking about the one i had last night and so all of that happening for me this week is really about uh, like getting you've got to give up some of this stuff and it's stuff i didn't even know that i needed to get rid of or that you were carrying right right until you know to be able to move forward because i have so much um i have so many things that i would like to accomplish and and do and it seems like every time i sit down to meditate or or focus on one of them that there's too much of a whirlwind like you mentioned earlier um still happening and there is a strength to be found in working through not working through uh being strong during that and then um growing from that and having that strength to kind of fall back upon where do you draw your strength for that because that can be really disorienting to be in a whirlwind or sometimes i feel it like a tsunami or um where is your strength or your center uh to maintain your balance when you're going through that so one of the things that i need to uh (laughs) that i would like that was brought to my attention this week was I was I have also been sick this week, so I had a cold and it was not as much fun as it could have been. And <laughs> so one of the things that happens is I will binge watch Netflix when I'm sick. And so it was interesting that it happened in the same week as all of this because um, there is an escapism that happens for me uh, to allow things to kind of settle. <laughs> around me but um instead of uh trying to face it head on it's almost like a i'm working through whether it's a checking out (laughs) or if it's just i'm hunkering down and it will all settle and then i can move forward because my biggest one of my biggest things is being impatient with um things yeah with things or with not having a clear direction or purpose you know, um, not having movement yeah. is probably the, the one thing that I am working on just being able to sit and understand that even though um, it's at a glacial pace, there is still movement. Yeah. And um, focusing too on, I mean, I have a ton of things to focus on, um, but 
another thing that came up this week within kind of the context of AR was um, having too many things to focus on. And um, I, this happened in the store actually, that I focused on like putting the energy out there to bring people in and have it be their successful days and, and, um, and they were, and it hit and it hit me too. I was like, well, if I put that much focus and energy into uh, my book or my workbook or, you know, whatever, then that, um, that could be super beneficial, but I have all of these fires going instead of one fire or like, I'm sorry, it's one fire with a whole bunch of little cauldrons on it instead of, uh, you know, like two big cauldrons and the fire stoking just those two instead of it trying to stoke all of them and heat all of them. Did that make sense? Yeah, it did. It's it's interesting because I actually like having multiple projects. I find that I am much more productive uh, when I actually have multiple projects. If I just have one or two, to me, I love the idea of putting a cauldron on the fire because it's a lot like making soup or cooking in that if I just have one project, there's only so much I can do and then I have to give it space to kind of, uh, you know, if I'm making soup, I need to, you know, let all the flavors kind of blend together and it yeah. needs to be on a lower heat and I need to leave it alone. And yeah. like you, I also can be very impatient. And so, you know, I'm always tasting the soup or I'm always trying to make it be ready before it actually is. Yeah. Um, and so what I found is that I have, if I have multiple projects, um, it's easier for me to manage uh, when one requires my action uh, and then needs to be set aside, it's easier if I have something else I can bring forward and focus my attention on. Yeah. And so, you know, as you were talking, I kept getting that image of, you know, sitting in my stick shift car and spinning the wheels until, you know, I pop the clutch and I'm taking off. And... Um, I was just feeling the energy that you were talking about, about feeling like you're spinning your wheels or feeling like you're still in the chaos and that there is a purging that happens. But I also think that there's a gathering of momentum that happens and the purge is like getting rid of the obstacles that are going to weigh you too, down too much so that you don't have that takeoff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels very... Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of energy around. That's, yeah, that's hard to that's hard to um, focus on. Not focus. Like uh, trying not to control it, but trying to ride it <laughs> um, is pr pr probably a, a really good way of putting that at the moment. Because I'm not really sure where to jump in on my surfboard and let it take me. Yeah. Well, and so we've been talking a lot the last couple of weeks about surrender. And I think when you're in the full-blown chaos, there really isn't much else you can do. You kind of have to let it work you. Yep. But I also noticed that in this dance I do with the mystery and the magic, there is a place where that seems to start calming down. And then... Um, 
I will often get frustrated when movement isn't occurring. And that's usually when I realize, oh, my dance partner and I have changed leads. Now it's my turn to lead. And so I think of it a lot like the chaos will come and swirl around. It's almost like twirling me in a way that whatever isn't needed just kind of scatters away from me. Um, and then in that freer state, then I have to make a choice. What do I want to put my energy towards? What projects do I want to focus on? It's almost like the momentum is gathered and it's just waiting for me to give it intention and purpose. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that feels very, uh, poignant and appropriate in this what's happening yeah well maybe that's why we pulled our two cards or our <laughs> two our two things because because i think the you know whenever pentacles comes up it's always about the element of earth so you know whether that's about being more grounded or whether it's about uh the tomb where we bury our dead um for me, because it's the page, so it's the beginning of a new life, it really is about that critical moment where you cross the barrier between the energetic reality and what you've formed energetically and how things start to manifest. So for me, it's the moment that I cast a spell. I've now released the energy. It's a communication, I think, to the magic and the mystery of what I'm asking for this energy to take form as. And so there, I think there is a point as things have scattered and released where um, a decision does need to be made. What do you want to do with the space that's been created now? Yeah. <clears throat> interesting. I, I also think it's kind of interesting that I pulled this card after uh, actually working on getting our podcasts uh, up and uh, actually posted and published and all that. And so for me, it was this card this week felt very much connected to you and I and what we're doing with this podcast. It felt very much like, you know, we've had this idea for six months. We've been talking about it. We've, you know, been walking our individual paths and then we kind of came together and decided, okay, now's the time to do it. And I don't know about for you, but uh, I've never done a podcast before. So there was quite a steep learning curve for me. And uh, this card to me felt very encouraging that uh, the energy that I was putting into learning how to do this new project, that it's going to have traction and that it's just the beginning. To me, it was very hopeful in that way. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that AR in terms of that energy is very much. Um, so it, uh, let me back up a little bit. It is connected to ancestral or it can be an ancestor's connection as well, because it's the rune of the grave. Um, it's very, it is appropriate to, um, Hella and, and uh, Helheim. And I think one of the things that also kind of came up this week, well, I guess not just this week, because we've been, I've been dealing with ancestors <laughs> like every episode. <we've> 
but there's something in in it that is um i feel like i'm i'm missing that's an ancestral piece and so uh an ancestral piece to um what we are doing with our divination tools and accessing this the web of resonance that we live uh on and i'm still not sure what that is but i think that all of all of the runes that i've drawn so far have ancestral connection and and that is something that will you know i'll continue to uh work with and to see as we progress with these episodes because I do think that you are uh, absolutely right in the in that your card this week is very much a manifestation of where we're at in this process, and yeah. um, I think that the so let me back up a little bit again. I also sat and tried to work with the the runes on a on a on the scale of it being a, a web of construction and deconstruction. And um, the, the process, there's a process there and, it, uh, and, and it's a process that can't be logic. It's going to have to be intuited <laughs> and channeled maybe even possibly uh, for me. And, and that also for me is a little bit of AR going, it's going to have to be uh, going into not a dark place is like that, but you know, it's going into the earth. It's going into um, the space of the, of this womb and seed to then kind of allow this to come about. Um, so there's a lot of infancy in having AR right now. And I thought it was interesting that it came about when it's almost um, the solstice because I thought, well, okay, there's a whole lot of light out here right now. So is that why I'm working on my shadow? Because most people work on their shadow when it gets dark. And my stuff that's coming up is really coming up when it's very light uh, outside. And I wondered if there was an interesting correlation there, which I'm still working on. Well, I'll tell you how that hits me. It hits me in that, um, you know, you can't really see your shadow unless there's a lot of light. Right. And so, you know, I think a lot of the shadow work that we do during the dark time, we're doing by actually descending into the dark. It's a time of withdrawal. Um, it's the turning inward. And that was kind of your rune last week. And the, but I think shadow work happens all of the time. At least that's my experience of it. I tend to do a lot of shadow work, uh, both with myself and with others. And um, to me, maybe this is just another way of doing shadow work, but with a little different focus. So, you know, in the wintertime, we're really going down into the depths. It's like going into the basement and cleaning it out, right? Spending some time there. Whereas maybe this is more about how does the shadow obscure what I have to express or what I have to offer the world? Maybe it's more extroverted than the winter months typically are. Did that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I love that. I love that the ancestors keep coming back to you, even though you haven't quite uh, discerned their message yet. To me, that always, I get excited when I hear stuff like that, when there's a recurring 
theme, even if you don't know exactly what it is, because yeah. to me, that means that that actually is very uh, synchronous with the card that I pulled in that, like the momentum is building and that the answer is probably going to be one that radically alters your perspective about things because you're getting all these little teasers without an answer. Right. So it's forcing you to kind of focus your awareness there because you see a repetitive pattern. The message keeps coming up, but I don't know exactly what it is, is almost like, you know, it's gaining. It's like seeing many trailers for a movie that you want to watch. The trailers are meant to entice you and build interest and build focus. And it's like you're getting a little trailers from the ancestors about something they have to offer you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. So I'm very excited to see when that finally gets revealed what that is. Well, I'm sure I'm sure we'll hear it here first because <laughs> this is where it all comes out of, of, you know, everything comes out in the wash and this is the wash. Yeah. Maybe we should have called our our podcast The Wash because everything comes out. <laughs> Airing our laundry. Well, I, you know, I try, <laughs> excuse me. I try not to, uh, I try not to be too personal with things because if my friends and family or whoever are listening, I'm like, Oh, well, never mind. You would, I would tell you anyway, but, um, you know, it's one of those things like, where's the fine line not to cross with this? I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, I think that that's, that's an interesting question. Maybe that's part of what the ancestors are bringing for you, if that's what's come up. Just get it all I out. I think there. there's, you know, I think there's a difference uh, in that boundary or the boundary I set for myself between, you know, when I do work on behalf of others, I usually do have a pretty strong boundary in that I really am trying to be a clear channel. And uh, so when things come up that are more personal to me, they tend to be more stories that have an energy or a way of describing the energy that because someone's hearing the story, they can feel more clearly the energy that I'm tapping into for them. But it's never really about me. So I'm not telling the story for myself. Um, and I find that that's really different when I do any kind of artistic expression. So when I do storytelling on a stage, it's radically different that for me, um, I know the story is the right story to perform when it scares the hell out of me. Yeah, And to me, it's usually because the story makes me feel very vulnerable, that I'm really opening myself and allowing people to see uh, things that normally I keep fairly private. And so, you know, when you're talking about we're not really reading each other, we're not asking our audience to ask us questions that we're going to read for them, we right. really are sharing how we connect with our divination tools and how that connects us with greater archetypal, energetic, elemental kind of energies. So I think there is going to be a, a different boundary that we have to hold uh, than if we were doing private sessions. Oh, yeah. It, 
and it and it will be maybe it's different every time i mean who knows i'm sure it will be i think that's kind of what you and i have decided is we decided that we trust each other and we trust the energy and we're going to let it just happen yep. um so yeah that can that can sometimes take us to places that are fairly vulnerable yes oh so before we end because we're getting close to time um you guys who are listening guys and gals whom whomever uh teresa is doing a uh why tell us about the thing uh, it's july 6th right oh yes Tell us about that because I'm going to try and come up to Portland for that because I really want to be there and experience it. But what are you going to be doing? What I'm going to be doing is I'm uh, going to be doing a group event where I'm going to be channeling story. And uh, here in Portland, anyway, there is a lot of uh, semi-conscious conversation about paradigm shift. And what I notice is there's a lot of talk about how things should be, but not necessarily um, an idea for how to get there. And so uh, what I want to do is recognize that paradigms, we create paradigms. They are the unconscious stories that we repeat over and over again, that eventually they become so repetitive to us that we don't remember that it was a story we created we actually think it's how things work. We think it's reality. And so if collectively what we are recognizing is that we really need a paradigm shift, uh, what I'm hoping to do is lead participants into um, a state of consciousness where that can actually happen, where we can start to really tap into what is the collective dream of the new paradigm that we want and how do I help through the tools of shamanic journeying and through my own channeling to just start telling the story of what is living and brewing and waiting to come to life within our collective unconscious. So it'll be very specific to, you know, the story that comes will be very specific to uh, who, who comes to the workshop. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I think it's going to be really cool. I, we've talked about this, um, last time after, after the cast, uh, when, uh, you and I were chatting, but just the concept of, uh, shamanic storytelling based upon who's in the audience, because you're accessing the other world to bring back information for those specific people. And I think that's a really cool, uh, uh very uh interactive inter energetically active <laughs> um n- new not new but um god it's just so much more uh personal and appropriate and uh specialized or who's going to be there i think it's going to be a really cool experience i hope so i'm i'm really excited about it and uh you know, it's one of those things that's hard to prepare for because the best preparation is for me to be completely open to be able to receive whatever shows up. And yeah. so I have no idea what's going to show up. Um, 
And so, you know, there's a lot of nerves about it, but there's a lot of excitement too. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for asking about it. Yeah, no, I'm excited because I, I know that we're about a month away ish and that's going to be, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm excited. So, uh, I think this episode, we really ended up asking more questions than we gave answers. Um, and uh, and so I just want to kind of suggest for those who are listening, uh, you know, if one of the things that Ken and I wanted to do in terms of what we were hoping this podcast were, would do was we were kind of experimenting with our own stuff, but hopefully... Uh, what it will do is also start to spark curiosity in people who listen to start wondering how the energies of the tools we are pulling might be playing themselves out in your lives. Um, so we came up with a lot of really good questions, like how do you recognize that pivot point between something completely decomposing and the point where choice needs to be made to use the energy to take new form. Yeah. Where are your allies in that? What is brewing maybe on the back burner that needs somebody's attention? How do you bring, how do you start to become aware that it's calling you? Yeah. What's the signal? What, what's the signal to, to uh, let that, that you need to let go of something? Um, we, we often, you know, hold on to things for a, a lifetime, but you know, what, what happens to you when you need to let go? What kind of signs do you get? Does the kettle whistle? Does the, you know, do the birds chirp louder? What, what is it that happens? Yeah. It's an interesting, uh, a uh, chasm or threshold that I see what I'm envisioning r right now is kind of standing with one foot on either side of a threshold in a doorway. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what are you leaving behind and how do you stay focused enough about where you want to go that you kind of can cross that threshold? Um, because I think, uh, you know, because your rune was still more about the unraveling and my rune was really about the new beginning. I think that really talks about that threshold and how do you stay in a place where you start to become aware of what you're letting go is actually helping you to focus and build momentum to cross into the new discovery or the new land or the new project. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Well, we'll see what we'll see what rune and card we pull. Yeah. For this week. And, yeah, and for those of you listening, please, if you if these energies feel alive to you and something is going on with you, please send us an email or a comment. We'd love to hear from you, and uh, certainly if you have any questions, uh, that will that will give us just even more grist for the mill. So we appreciate your listening and uh, hope to hear from you. And have a great week. Thanks. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.